You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, Sid Talk, to After the Show. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, Sid Talk's got a. Uh, uh, what would you call no- it? I think they'll notice. Mexican that. flu. No! That's rude. I probably got it at work. No, I think it's from, from... No, in fact, it wouldn't be from Mexico at all. I went to Mexico two weeks ago and came home. It's probably from the jerk-offs on the plane, who have no problem just sneezing out into the air, coughing constantly, or at work, people are sick. Don't blame it on Mexico. Gee, Christmas. Jerk-offs on the plane flu. Yes. And, um, <laughs> are you going to edit out any sneezing, coughing fits that might occur? Possibly, all right. if it gets too bad. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, it's Sunday, March the 7th, Academy Awards night. Um, and what what Academy Awards what is it? What month did you say it is? Sunday, March the 7th. Oh, okay. Why, what? I thought you said April. <laughs> My ears, they're clogged, maybe. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> um, so this is after the show number 112. What Academy Awards is it tonight? Is it like 70, 80, 90, 100? Oh, no. 3,072. Let's say the 100th. It is not. The <laughs> we'll just make our 70-something, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's many hours away. Anyway, so this is uh, after the show number 112. Uh, we're going to be looking at the movie The Box, um, which is a Blu-ray movie. Um, well, it's a DVD and a Blu-ray, but we're looking at the Blu-ray version. Uh, it's a 2009 movie released on Blu-ray and DVD Tuesday the 23rd of February. So just this last week gone. <laughs> is that right? Well, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers and Sid Talk in her coldish voice, is going to tell us what it's all about. Are we? Are you've already decided to explain to everyone, we will be talking about elements of the movie that, if I had known them before I saw the movie, it yeah. would have made it less interesting Yeah, to let's me. just say, this uh, movie, can't, like the informant last week, we'd, we had to be really vague. Yeah. Well, with this one, we'd have to be so vague, we wouldn't really be able to say anything. Correct. So, spoiler warning, if yeah. you haven't seen the film... Tune out now. Yeah, we won't give away the ending or anything, but I mean... And come even, back when you have seen it. Yeah, you can't even yeah. talk about the, the yeah. essence of it In without... fact, here's a good one. This is a good one in all respects. Go and get the movie, watch <laughs> it, and then come back... And listen. And listen. And everybody wins. <laughs> off the top, off the top, though, that's your recommend... You're recommending that people watch it then, so that's a good thing. That means then they can come back and hear what you said about it. Yes. <laughs> Not like, don't bother, because this movie sucks. Nothing like no. that. No. I will tell you... Okay, so now you know this. You know that I'm about to say things you might not want to know. If you're like me, I like going into a movie knowing nothing. Like, I don't even care if I know the title. I love knowing nothing. Okay, let's just assume those people left. Okay. (laughs) So we got one person left. (laughs) Out of the two. (laughs) Um, I used to have a feeling some people just don't care. So, whatever. Alright. It is a movie that... The big picture of it is a couple is in as a you know, they're middle class couple, semi struggling maybe financially, and they have their own personal issues. Along comes a man who says, "Here's a box with a button. Push the button. I'll give you a million dollars. Somebody's gonna die." We all know that from the trailer. And it's uh, set in the 1970s. Yeah, it's set in the 70s. I don't think that's relevant though, to be quite honest. Um, so the big picture of that is. You know, do they push it? Do they not push it? Uh, what's the ethical thing in that? You're going to get the money. Somebody in the world dies every minute anyway, so, you know, that's there. And then 
from that, of course, there are always consequences. And then there's the thing where he works at NASA, and there's always this Mars mission kind of looming over. And then there's a, what's it called? Science fiction element kicks in, and completely unexpectedly. And it goes, it, the, the story broadens a great deal. Now, for me, it's not about any of that. It's a very narrow point that is made from the story. But that's it. It starts out as just sort of like this ethical question. As a human, would you do this or not for your own personal gain? And if you do, does that make you evil? Do these people seem evil because they're making this choice? Um, it's kind of like the question a long time ago about, you know, would you let a millionaire sleep with your wife Indecent for a million proposal. dollars? Yeah. And does it really matter or not and all that? And uh, that's it, really. The end. Yeah, that's the whole thing. So, um, yeah, The Box is directed by Richard Kelly from Donnie Darko fame. And I can honestly say, to this date, and I've seen Donnie Darko three times, maybe, I still don't know what it's about <laughs> at all. Like, I can't... Even the even when I went back to rewatch it, because I felt stupid that I didn't get it, I didn't get it again. So, okay. Has so, it been recent, though? You are older now. Um, I it. saw it on... It was on TV one night. I was... On watching it on TV on like FX or something, and um, no, I, I was watching it. <laughs> it got about halfway through because it's fairly straightforward at the beginning, quite like the box to yep. be honest. And then it takes a turns a corner, and then I was completely uh, this one not so much, but yeah, um, Donny Dark- disagree. That's what no, I do, but I do think that yeah, there's there's meanings. The box, for instance, that what we what we just watched, it's quite. Surrealistic. It reminds me of the films of David Lynch, or you know, it's not a you know. If you're expecting a straightforward plot, ignore it. Church ladies on a Sunday. Church ladies. If you're if you're expecting a straightforward plot, that's not it. It's a something to think about. Possibly means something. Possibly doesn't. I get that kind of vibe from it. Um, I I picked out one simple lesson from the entire movie. Very straightforward. Very simple. That was my... What I pulled out. Okay. Um, but I don't know if I want to... To me, the whole point of it, do you make that choice or not, knowing there are consequences, boils down to our everyday life. If you don't like animal cruelty, don't eat meat. If you hear about slave labor or sweatshops who make in your nice tennis shoes, don't buy those tennis shoes. Those are the buttons you're pushing in life. If you don't want other people to suffer and you know they will because of the choices you're making, don't do it. It's very simple. See, to me, that was the whole... Everything else was a MacGuffin, as they say. I everything. Also, yeah, I also kind of... I don't know if this is what you were supposed to get from it, but I also saw symbolism such as Adam and Eve. Did you get that? No. That kind of... That kind of... I got that at one point. Maybe my head's too clogged. God and the devil. Did you get that? Not the devil. I got a higher power thing, yeah. Um, I also got baptism. Did you get that? No. I'm not religious, so no. Did you get... Well, obviously choices. Did you get... To me, it was choice and consequence. Even when you're aware in your life... That what you're about to do is going to cause suffering. Divine Trinity. Did you get that? No. Like the three... I don't even know what that is. The three things. <laughs> the choices. The three... No. The three water things. No. 
There was a lot of that for me. Um, you were raised Catholic. Let's yeah, I think that's why. Very strictly Catholic. And, and the, the actual button itself, the big red... Um, this this is, you know, when I, when I said to you, this is the first thing that cropped into my head. Well, it, about halfway through, but when I mentioned Adam and Eve, and then at the end, we're in spoiler territory here, so that's good, right? At the end where... We said we wouldn't give away the end, but... No, I'm not giving away the end, but where... Um, well, this isn't the end, it's the beginning, actually. But where the woman actually pressed the mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, Temptation, oh. Red Apple, big red button. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I said to you at the end of the movie, what's it with the women pressing the button? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's... I'm, to me, there was a lot of religious symbolism. Now, the original story is only a six-page story that was printed in Playboy in the 1970s, so we'd have to read that, which I have not, to know what that started with. And Richard with, Kelly built on top of built it. Everything else. Yeah. Now, knowing from seeing Donnie Darko, which he wrote himself, I can kind of see this. To you, to me, even it feels like two separate things. Like there's the straightforward a guy turning up with a box, giving you a decision: do you make it? Do you not make it? And then there's Richard Kelly's stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's what I'm saying about the. It takes that. It kind of. Jumps into this sci-fi thing, but really at the heart of it, like I said, that's all just uh, smoke and mirrors. It is really. It's one of those because um, you want to start finding bigger questions. Oh, is this a big space? See, all is this a stuff, Martian all thing? All that stuff is I just said thing? also is, is all a, that. Applicable. Is this the universe coming to Earth? Is this uh, something bigger? I mean, it's made clear there are things that are factual-ish that you have to just accept. You know, he don't does doesn't. It's got a lot of elements of '70s movies or any time movies uh, before the '70s, where you've got science going on and someone has to explain it, and then the the crazy shit that's going on. Some person who seems crazy has to explain it to you, and you just have to take for granted yeah, everything yeah. they say. There's a lot. I mean, there's of, a lot. Of it's <laughs> a lot of uh, like you say, sidetracking you to yeah. something else. You Correct. think about this for a while, but we're gonna move the plot the other way. While you think about that part, right? So then, all then all of us. So that's why at the end you have the feeling of confusing. I don't a little. actually under like Donnie Darko. I don't hundred percent understand it. Well, in Donnie Darko's case, I about twenty percent understand it. <laughs> but to me, that's what it's all about. Is all that other stuff? Just like in life, all the other stuff that you distract yourself with is just that. It's a distraction. Really at the heart of everything you're doing in your life. If you want to live a good life, whatever that means to people, you do what you can not to hurt people. Yeah. Not to hurt where you live, who you live with, or anybody else. Now, everything else can distract you from that. Like, well, you know, I, I've heard that they pay people $1 a year to make these shoes, but I mean, they're really popular and they're really cool. So, it doesn't really affect me. So I'm just going to go ahead and buy them. And, oh, I love my cats and my dogs and I love animals, but what's that got to do with me eating a steak? I mean, everybody eats steak. And let me Who this... cares about cows? It's like, you, you know, you make choices and you filter through all this other shit just to justify all the things you do. That's all the smoke and mirrors to me. Unless at this point, seeing as the question of this movie is, here's a box, you press the button, you get a million dollars, but somebody somewhere dies, would you press the button? Then you asked me this the other day. What did I say? I don't know. You don't remember? I'm asking you. I'm asking you. I'm not influencing you. Yet. What? <laughs> I said no. Now, 
I was thinking about it when they were about to make the decision. And, you know, like, it, it just shot into my mind that, why not? Like, it really did. And then I thought, oh, that's really bad. Perhaps so I you're, should, you're perhaps, the woman in pra- this scenario. <laughs> I was thinking, that's, that's really bad to think that, but perhaps I should... How misogynistic. But, but I was thinking when they were looking at the button, I was thinking, somebody somewhere dies... You know, and, and people, die, you know, hundreds of people die every second or whatever yeah, it yeah. is on the earth. Would it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Except that you're not making all those other hundreds of people die. No, you're die not. You're because not. of it. And the choice isn't about, and we won't get to the opposite of this, this isn't about life and death or saving someone or causing world peace by this. It's about you Getting wanting. Some cash. These are middle class people. They're you need some broke. cash, actually. They don't need it. No. They both have jobs, they have a nice house. They're not under any threat of starving or losing oh, no, no. nothing. They're not under any threat of anything. They're she under can't a threat get, of, uh, she's not going to be able to get a discount on her education, but she still has her job. He's not going to get a promotion, but he still works for NASA. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They have a nice. He has a sports car. They are. There's no. They're not destitute. They don't need operations. No, it, Their kid doesn't have a brain. Nothing. It's all about. We just want to make our lives better. Yeah. She tries to justify it by saying we can make our families all secure and stuff. But ultimately, you're really talking about greed. Wanting more than you need. And that's where that choice comes from. Like, no, I don't need more than I have. If you said to me, if you push this button, you will die. Right? And all of a sudden, every thought of doing each other harm in all of humanity will go away. But you will die. Right now. I'll say, fine. That's fine with me, because I'm going to die anyway, right? If someone said, you were going to die, you, meaning you, Mr. A. Scully, (laughs) if I push the button, and as a result, the same thing. Every bad thought that people have from now on, life goes on, a better life for every human. As a result, you get a million pounds. I don't want a million pounds. (laughs) I'm talking, that's what I'm saying, though. If you boil it down to greed, or comfort, or... Or I just want a little bit more money in this life. No. And, you know. Actually, what's interesting about this movie, too, is, like, if you press this button, somebody will die and you get a million dollars. Now, when they push the button, we are shown somebody getting shot. But is that... We're not shown that, but... Well, we're shown that somebody just got shot, right? Why aren't we shown that? You don't see it happen. No, but you you see it. You said I mean, we you get see shown someone get shot. What I'm saying is, you're led to believe that somebody yeah, yeah. died because they pressed the button. Well, maybe they didn't. You know, maybe that was a chance. Coincidence. Yeah, somebody died anyway, right? So, you don't really know whether... Well, there are yeah. things happen later. <laughs> As you go on through the movie. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting... Let me just say, I was with the movie completely. Up until about the middle, where I kind of thought it was getting a bit self-indulgent on, yeah, the, yeah. on the bit on the right. A writer's little bit behalf. flaky, and I like flaky sometimes, but it even got a little too preachy for me. Even when like, Frank, the Langella character said, "Well, you like mystery, don't you?" It was almost like a. I'm saying to you right now, nothing you, else is going to make sense. <laughs> yeah, you, you're lost now. That you're in my world of yeah odd. Stuff like David Lynch. And to Lynch. me, that's a red light to say everything that follows 
Mind irrelevant. Yeah, irrelevant. Everything Um, you should have got from this story has already happened, and from here on out, I'm just. In fact, there's your point. Everything that everything that mattered in this story is from the original guy's story that was in Playboy. (laughs) Wherever that ends, and I'm assuming it ends at them making a choice, and then that's it. I think that's the story, isn't it? And then this added on story, like I say, it feels like two movies. This added on story feels like. From somebody else's mind, which it is, and yet, like you say, it doesn't really matter. And he explains it. He wanted to take the story of his parents, and I do and appreciate put that. them in that situation. I appreciate all that part, right? Because the love story between the couple is uh, goes through the whole thing well, uh, about them making the choice, and then throughout whatever drama plays out, it they're it's cohesive in that aspect because they do love each other, they're totally committed, all that kind of stuff. So that runs through it. It doesn't like feel like you're dealing with. A whole different story. No, it's just that you know, in movies and in stories, we're all let, we're all trained to want to connect all the pieces, all the dialogue to different things, and you're, you have to right. make sense of things. But you know, but there again, there are films that don't make sense to to you. Maybe they do to the writer or whatever. But you know, I mentioned it, David Lynch, uh, different people like that. Films where. You have to think about it, and you could think about it forever and still maybe not put a meaning to it. Or put your own meaning to it, but you don't know whether it's the meaning Correct. that they meant. That's what this film is. So, that in itself is going to alienate, what, like 70% of an audience, I would say. It's the, kind mm. of mo- it's the kind of movie, in my opinion, that people would be walking out of the cinema because they don't... They feel stupid. Cause they yeah. Like... You know what I'm saying. You've, you know, yeah, you know. You feel like you're getting say, strung along a little bit because you're not putting all the pieces together. It's yeah. not a movie that explains. You've got the person rambling on about what's happening. You've got the mystery guy kind of telling you, and he plays it out for you. This is who I am, and this is why I'm here. And yet, you still feel a little bit like, but what's that got to do with the other thing? And the <laughs> like. This, this and what am I supposed to be yeah. extrapolating from this? Am I supposed to be learning a lesson from this? Is no, this a, you know, not. it's kind of like the day the earth stood still. You know, it's a lesson. It is a cautionary tale about the choices you make in life. And it's just dressed up with a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah, the day the earth stood <laughs> still is actually a similar type of movie in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah, it really is like. and But yeah, it's um, interesting. I'm fans of Richard Kelly, because he also did a movie called Southland Tales, which I haven't seen, which I believe... This is his, he's made three movies, Donnie Darko. That's it? Southland Tales and this one. And Southland Tales, from what I understand, I haven't seen it, but is the most, what would you say, like, you don't under, can't understand it yeah. at all. It's got no no narrative at all. Like, it's um, a bunch of, and I can imagine, yes, it probably is, because this seems to be his style. Now, in this movie in particular, The Box... I don't know if it paid off. I think I'd like to see the short story, like the 20, 30 minute short story part, uh, version of this movie. The, mm. the, the actual, it was wrote by the Just guy, read it. the guy who wrote I Am Legend, you know, a real, uh-huh. Just read it. Marsden, is he? No, it's not Marsden. What's the guy called? Uh, Richard Matheson. Yeah, Richard Matheson, who's like, you know, one of the, no, I don't know. I know now, but I didn't know before. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he's, he's, I've heard of his name. He's renowned for science writing fiction. good science fiction. So maybe there was elements of science fiction in the original. But um, for me, the box, 
overall, if you had to put it into a box, it <laughs> so it was kind of all right. Like, I, you know, what I really digged about it. The, these are the things I really digged about it. Cinematography, I really yeah. liked. It was like the informant last week where I said to you, the kind of 70s it up, and I yeah. can't tell you what it is. It's to do with, like, overblown lights and... Um, a little bit of Vaseline look. Vaseline look, yeah. The Martha Stewart glow. Yeah, which I like, though. The, and they did it with the informant, too. The looping was a little off sometimes, which distracted me, where the sound of their voice didn't yeah. have the right atmosphere. It didn't not match the mouth. No, you but could, I mean, it was sound booth stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. After the, but, you know, not a lot, just a no. bit. But I love the look of it. It definitely had a good look. Um, set design, all that kind of stuff, looked detailed. Some amazing CG work that you... Wouldn't yeah. even expect. Really uh, good. I have yeah. to say, very effective CGI. Yeah, like, um, just just shots of, like, cars driving over a bridge. And we found out later that those cars don't exist. They're computerized cars, which you would never get. But it's brilliantly done in the movie. Yeah. Um, the way they took any exterior shot of modern-day Chicago, was it? I don't know where they filmed it. Langley, Virginia. Yeah, well, well Virginia. it showed you Richmond, in the Virginia. extras modern day, sh- modern day, and then they just filtered it to make it look kind of older. I don't and I, fake snow. Pl- I mean CGI snow, CGI not just in the sky, on the, on the floor, ground, the whole thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there was no snow at all, and when you it's see some bad of these, though, when those things are distracting you enough that that's the stuff you remember from a movie more. Well, than I'm just saying story. what I dig. <laughs> what I dig is cinematography. The CG work was all flawless. I thought really well done. Apart from the snow falling, which always looks hokey to me in anything where they have to fake on some snow. Like um, Whiteout. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the cinematography. I like that. The music was a bit over the top oh for me. Oh my word, was it Like ever. too much. Like, like uh, it was overdramatic, yeah. But it was trying to be like a 70s dramatic sci-fi horror kind of sound to me. Like where it would swell way up and you're just like dun 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 yeah. dun. And someone looks at something much, and you're though. like... Uh, and then you know, and then nothing. That's the thing, though. That's more smoke and mirrors, isn't it? To tune you up, just to crank you up, just a little bit. I more. saw elements of Stanley Kubrick um, cinematography style. Um, it's a bit high aspiration there. No, I did like, um, like, uh, like he, you know, this guy admires that or something, or he wanted to make kind of seventies feel of a Stanley... I saw a bit of Stanley Kubrick kind of stuff in there. Clockwork Orange specifically and The Shining. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, The Shining the when the kid some, comes out the door and the, the, way the, some things the looked, Christmas yeah. trees were on the edge. Which I really liked. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I like homages to stuff. Um, I Then again, you might be full of shit. You might be making that up. Maybe, yeah, well, he, maybe yeah. he didn't... He might be making his story <laughs> up too. Um, you know... Performances, they're really all. We'll go into the act. We'll yeah. go into the cast. Uh, we'll go into the cast now, actually. Okay. I just named the three main actors Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. I have to tell As Norma story. Lewis. I didn't like her at all. You could have. I mean, I really didn't like her at all. I like her sometimes. I didn't no, really I did. didn't like her at all. In and fact, I like her. There were moments when I really liked her and thought, oh, I'm, I'm getting. coming around to Cameron Diaz. And then there were moments when I'm just like, was anyone monitoring these scenes yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. was he was he afraid to say to Cameron like, Diaz you sound like shit it's basically not just how she sounds it's like an uneven performance like mm-hmm. like there's elements of it being okay and then there's really bad parts and then there's I didn't have a problem with her accent like you say the accent's mimicking his mother who yeah. the character's and I, didn't have, I thought she was fine because she didn't have a lot of long dialogue I didn't think the, ac- the accent well at first I did until I, and then I thought to myself I'm kind of used to the accent now I'm okay with that 
But it was more her. Like, yeah, it she was, was more like she was modeling, very... and then she was um, over. She wasn't having a very good time, and I'm not no. saying the circumstances called for that, but she took herself maybe a little too serious. Like she was trying too much to pull back, and it became wooden at times. And she's the. But when no. she was with Langella, and we first brings him up, that was a good scene. Yeah, and she she's a real. Looks up part. at him, and she like there's a lot of good moments there. But other times when she has to, it just seemed a bit. But if I needed pulling out of the movie, any you know, I wanted to be in it, and she kept yeah, kind of forcing me out. Of and it. I don't like Cyclops guy hardly at all in it. And then we've got James <laughs> Marsden as Arthur Lewis. Now I really like James Marsden in this, and I don't generally like him. That was the opposite. Um, what if we saw him in last? That he was really good. This totally. totally I thought he her. like outshone her, Cameron Diaz, for instance. Even in all the scenes with her, he has a couple of good scenes. But then I think some of it's really hokey. The things that he has to kind of he finds some circumstances he's in with the water scene. Yeah, yeah. That's so hokey-ish that it would be hard not to look a little foolish, and not in a good way. Like science fiction, I love science fiction, but there are ways. You know, I can watch There's some Alien scenes. and I'm totally buying it, you know even that, though you know, I have no idea what it's like to be in space with an alien and people, whatever. But in there, there are times when, because he's working with things he can't see, and I feel like it's real, he's, again, it turns a little... You know he, that whole he, scene to me, where is he it walks He's like into, plastic. That whole scene where he walks into the place and all the people are turning around. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets to the thing and the woman gives him the spiel and then he, then these the three yeah. water things. That was where I was saying, kind of Stanley Kubrick-ish kind of interesting scene but like it, I almost wanted to laugh near the end of yes, it yes I felt it was, a little bit like uh-huh. I was like you know this woman like presenting this thing and it's kind of all oh, that's where David Lynchy kind of thing kicked in and yeah, I was it, like because most, most of the movie's very grounded in reality and you feel like it's like the, like in a I don't want to compare it to any like really top quality movies. I don't think it's bad at all, but no, it's got it's that vibe, right? Based in reality. But when you take something like um, The Exorcist or uh, Thir- Close Encounters of the Third Kind or even Jaws, where everything is very well grounded in reality. Yes. And, you, and then you're eased into... Or you step into the world where there's the giant shark eating people, there's a spaceship that... This guy is following to the desert for some reason, and there's a girl possessed by the devil. But you're so it's so completely entrenched in reality that when the weird shit starts happening, you're still there. You know, I mean, you still go with it. In this one, it was like it just plucks you right out of there, and you're going, "I didn't have any time to even ease into this." <laughs> it just went from like reality-ish to absurd there's, a little there's bit. There's a part where I, that part that I just mentioned, but the part just before that where he's wandering down the narrow corridors and people are just following, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then stopping. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't find that creepy. I found that kind of silly. Like, I was watching it thinking, I don't know whether to laugh or be scared or what. The, I didn't think it was The scary. music's telling me I'm supposed to be... Drum- it's very dramatic, yeah, yeah. the music. The music's telling me I'm supposed to be suspense on the edge of my seat. But something inside me was thinking, this is so hokey, this part. Like, I'm not... Like, he should just turn around and go, like, what are you following? Why are you following me, you fuckers? <laughs> what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and that front guy was real intense. I know what you mean. I guess I put in my mind what it would be like in an almost deserted library for a bunch of people to be following everyone. And, and then when you turn around, out. they kind of stop and... <laughs> They're very obviously... Yeah, it's like an episode of Scooby... <laughs> but then he buys... Scooby-Doo, where, uh, where, yeah. where they walk in and then they look behind them and the, and the, the, the phantom stops and they go... Carry on yeah, but in this one, they don't move or they just, they're right there. 
He knows that's they're there. They there know he knows. It's exactly that. Maybe that's why I wanted to laugh because there was Scooby Doo in my head at that point. And then there's this water thing. It's it a, totally does. It's like I, I'm like you. Like for a minute, for that whole sequence, I think, did I miss something? Am I supposed to think that I missed something? Am I supposed to understand what just happened with the block of water and then the block of water and the bed? It's and not, like, no, you know, no, you know. But though, no, my conclusion is, it's all just smoke. And it's like a fan dance. You know, you think you think you're seeing something, but you're not quite seeing it. You know, it's there. And for me, the heart of the story, it goes all the way back to. Uh, and the, the, and the, then the problem is. How many analogies can I make here? It's got a fan dance. We've got uh, smoke and mirrors. Well, and then the problem is it's smoke and mirrors and a fan dance. (laughs) And that's all it is. Yeah. Because at the end, you're not fulfilled in any... I mean, I didn't... Even at the end, I didn't think... Oh, now I... Now I uh, No, I I disagree. I mean, I was satisfied with the way it came around. It wasn't unexpected. But I was okay with it. I thought it was... I thought it could have been better. I don't know why. I mean, I just felt like short change by it. That mm-hmm. made me that's what I was saying. Anyway, we're still on the cast and we just tangented off. Frank <laughs> Langella has put down as a third person. I really like Frank Langella since I saw Frost Nixon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good in this. He's got an air of authority about him. You feel... He's got a little bit of authority and then he's got hidden behind that because he's just a company man. When you really think about yeah. it, he's doing his job and he makes it clear... So he's got this sort of ominousness, but then he has moments when he's just like every other bureaucrat, regardless of what his job is. Inside, his heart might be breaking for what's happening, but he just keeps doing it. He does what it. he's told to do, yeah. and he doesn't ask questions. And, he and just... you see that. I see that in his face. And he has and, this interesting and the same, At the same time, half of his face is all CGI, so he's coming oh, through Oh, let's that. explain that. He was hit by lightning. Um... Not Franklin Jella, but the no, character. <laughs> the character was hit by lightning, causing like half of his face to be fried. I mean, fried. So it's a really good CG job. Really good. That actually kind of makes you wince a little bit because you can even see like the teeth. And see, stuff. I didn't see the teeth. Only you in can the if you look. You know, you, you can see them in the thing. I didn't see that. Um, if you look through the hole, which is here, um, and it makes you wince. It's like it's looks painful. It's hard to look at. Like, and that's also an interesting part of the but there again it's I just thought of something and that sounds really awful but like when Roger Ebert watches this movie because he's actually had part of his jaw and his face removed do you think that makes him because her the character of Cameron Dia has sympathy for this guy because of the pain of what she sees in his face because she has a problem with her foot which is and I think Roger Ebert has actually had and you've seen him and he you know he's actually physically you know disfigured by the cancer that he had and stuff and when you know i guess that would apply to anybody watching most movies you would identify with somebody yeah so you know there are more people in it than that but those are the main players um so directed by richard kelly like i said earlier he did donnie darko and southland tales and and this one yeah he also um how does he feed his family? He also wrote the <laughs> sequel to Donnie Darko, which is called S. Darko, but he didn't direct that one. And I never saw that. Um, I heard not very good things about it, but there again, it's not by the real guy, is it? Um, he's a brave director, I would say, because he's definitely not mainstream. Even Donnie... I mean, Donnie Darko became quite a hit, right? does his own thing. He definitely does his own thing, and I admire that. And in this movie, he had to be given a big... Budget, it was a big, but yeah, and it had wasn't big people a cheap names, 
And he's right. He's using someone who's very famous as the original author of the story. And I think it's brave uh, not to give in to, like, write it so it all tidies up and it all... You know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't make it good. No, it doesn't make it good. <laughs> but it makes me proud to say, like, I'll watch another one. I mean, if he does something... Come on. Keep I mean, going, this keep didn't going. make me... Um, you know, I'm not... I'm not like, oh, I'm Richard Kelly's biggest fan now. I mean, I never was. Donnie Darko was okay for me. It was never like I was mind-blown by it, like some people. I just kind of saw it as a, you know... Well, that's because you didn't understand it. (laughs) No, and like I say, I don't (laughs) pretend to have understood it. I understand it on a superficial level. There again... Well, like in this movie, when I say to me, this whole movie is about, in life... When you know that the choices you're making are hurting someone. Like if you're a dickhead who hits your wife or you're somebody who beats on your kids and you know the moment before and the moment you're doing it that you're damaging someone, but you decide to make that choice. That's what it's about. Yeah. If you know that by whatever it is, this product that you're buying, that somebody somewhere is suffering because of it, but you really want that stupid product then you buy it anyway and you ignore the rest that's what I get out of this so what did you get out of it did you see, see any of that uh, you know what I mean I just saw like a lot of religious symbolism I definitely saw the Adam and Eve thing uh, you know temptation don't you know eat the apple don't eat the apple um, I thought it was a bunch of religious symbolism thrown <laughs> into a interesting I think if you'd taken out the sci-fi and just told the story of the man and woman it would have been awesome and that's what I was getting at earlier, yeah. I, I was, uh, yeah, that's what I was getting at, the, what I think was possibly the original story. No, no, I don't mean that. Oh, without take the away bo- that, box Take away anything. the box, take away the science fiction, tell the story of that couple. So the story of his mom and dad? Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the two characters are based on man. Richard Kelly's mother and father. Right, and we saw a serious man, which a lot of people piss and moan, they think it's not about anything, but it's absolutely awesome to tell a slice of life story about a, a section of someone's life and kind of the, you know, and then you, you're just left to kind of contemplate your own life because of it. That would have been an awesome story. But what's really funny about it is the, um, when I got, when we got the Blu-ray a couple of weeks ago and I looked at the back and it said, it says on the back with the bump, push a red button on a little black box, get a million bucks cash. But there's a catch somewhere, someone somewhere, someone you don't know will die. And that's what it says, right? And that sounded like, I was like, that's going to be awesome. Because that's, that, just synopsis <laughs> is an interesting synopsis, right? But, um, no. But then you're saying the whole movie is just that synopsis. The whole, the question of it is really the whole movie. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And you could have th- left it at that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, do you, don't you? What do they do? And then what happens? Um, because a lot of this, because of lot, a lot of what happens is superfluous to the story. Correct. It's not about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like, yes, there's a bigger thing in action, but... And it's kind of disguised as a thinking movie when I don't believe it is. Yeah, I also think that, too. It's supposed to be... You know, even um, Indecent Proposal, while it's flimsy and it's a crappy movie, it still raises a question that is thinkable. It's a thinker movie. This raises a a question, but then that question is turned on its head, thrown in the trash, (laughs) covered up with a lot of stuff, and then a new new something else happens. Like, do you get what I'm saying? That question of the box, yeah, yeah, about a third of the way into the movie, doesn't really matter anymore because the the consequence of it has happened, 
And then something else is happening <laughs> that's a lot bigger than the whole thing. So exactly. Yeah, that that's maybe the problem. And but then again, if we're talking about it enthusiastically, talking about it, I will remember it. And in fact, if it came on again, if it came on TV or something, I'd be like, I'll give that another chance because after watching the extras and finding out, like what I just said, that it's the the mother is a teacher, the father works for NASA on the Mars project, and that's exactly what's happened in the movie. It's really based on their love story. That would be an awesome movie, so I'd like to watch it again and sort of get my mind off of that and just maybe let myself fall into the whole, uh, maybe I'm not fully understanding the... I don't think so. I I think we understood (laughs) what there was to understand, and I think some stuff was uh, red herring, smoke and mirrors, all those things. Fan dance, smoke and mirrors, fan... (laughs) Yeah, totally, because, like, yes, you have to, like, guide an audience down a path, and then sometimes send them off five different directions and let them think about it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's very clever, like The Matrix. You come out... I mean, I was saying The Matrix is unbelievably clever, but it does all the pieces fit. You can come out, think about it, and go, that's that, that's that, that's that. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. Like, I really... Something... It all connects, and I understand. Some things don't, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And... This doesn't, and some of my... Some of those elements might be due to the performances a little bit. Um, I think the performances hurt this movie. I agree. Um, specifically, Cameron Diaz in my thing. James Marsden, who I don't like so much, I actually bought in this one. And so I liked him. Right. Whatever we saw him in last, I liked him, and now... We I saw him like, in something oh. where he was serious. Not, not, not the... Now let me tell the story about Cameron Diaz very quickly. When my nephew was only about two and a half to three years old, whenever Shrek originally came out, well, yeah, we, that was a, we were sitting at the computer and he had his little head kind of propped up in his little hands, you know, like his chin in his hands, and he's just barely tall enough to get up to the top of the desk. And I said, we'll go on the internet and we can look up anybody you want. Anybody you want. And, and we'd just been, the thing was, me and him had just been talking about Shrek and we were telling game. him. But he's little. And I was telling he's him little, the little. voice of the... Uh, right. Is tell, him the, tell him the voices and everything. And tell him that in a cartoon, someone else does the voice. And so he's sitting there and we're looking. And I said, you want to look up anybody? Anybody on? He said, Cameron Dia. Yeah, Dia. Not Dia. <laughs> Real Dia. serious. Like, yeah. just... Just Cameron. want to look her up on Google. He didn't say anything. He just goes, Cameron Dia. <laughs> and then we probably looked her up. And he's... Yeah. <laughs> then he got to see your face. And it was just so hysterical. Like, now you, oh, we, of course, call her Cameron Dia. Yeah, so... Um, that might be one of those stories that other people are going, right, what's the point of that story? <laughs> so, special features on this uh, Blu-ray is interesting because on the DVD you get no... Well, on the DVD you get Richard Matheson in his own words, which was a little documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm, just an interview with Yeah, him. an interview with the original, the guy who wrote the, the short story. Um, if you buy the DVD version, that's all you get. But if you buy the Blu-ray version, you get extra... And this is a disturbing trend, I'm finding, where Mm. they save all the special... Penalise you? Yeah, penalise. Now, in this case, it doesn't matter so much because you get a DVD in the box, so you could just buy this even if you didn't want the Blu-ray. Pay more? No, same price. They're generally the same price now. This will be the same as the DVD. Um, So in this case, it doesn't matter so much, but it's still a disturbing trend if you have to upgrade to Blu-ray to get some special features that you would have ordinarily got on the DVD. I think they should be the same, really, shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. So the Don't extras... even talk to me about the pricing of the Blu-ray bullshit. 
because I will go off. So the extras, if you get the um, Blu-ray, ah, there's a commentary by the director Richard Kelly. There's the box grounded in reality featurette thing, which is actually really liked. In fact, it made me, like you say, like the movie more because Correct. it explained with interviews with Richard Kelly and his mother and his father how that part of the story came around. The story and that's why is I think- absolutely true, and the most. Interesting part of the story is based on his mother and father. That's what I'm saying. That love story of those two people and the foot thing and he works for NASA and it could be... That is a story to me. And the fact that she, because medicine wasn't Mm. as good... Well, probably... Well, they can learn it from that. (laughs) No, I'm saying shit like this probably happens today, but Mm. she was having an x-ray on a foot. I was going to say, they'll find that out if they... And they left the... But you can go ahead and tell it. Why not? I'm just saying they they kind of. No, I'm saying. Let me say this story. is this. No, that's not the whole story. The but the start of the story is she was having an X-ray on her foot in real life. The person who did the X-ray on the foot left the X-ray thing on and got distracted and left it on too long, ending that she it Destroyed cooked her foot. her foot basically, didn't it? Radiated her foot so much that she had to have her toes amputated, which is an interesting story in itself. Like so, and then that story actually gets re- a bit more involved than that but that's all true mm-hmm. so the true parts of this are the best parts I think so uh, and they're not parts that were involved in Richard Matheson's story in the first place so it is an interesting join of stories but like you say maybe he should have left his mother and father's story for just a straight up I think so. telling of their lives um, so there is the box grounded in reality then there's music video prequels which were I didn't understand, except no. that it would have been maybe before the credits. It's like, um, it's giving you a little bit of a clue as to something supernatural happening. Not supernatural, but questionable happening. I wouldn't call them music videos, either. Uh, it's just, it's like, I don't even Do you want know. me to tell you what they say it is? Yeah. They say, um, surveillance montages propel you into the secretive world where you are the experiment. What? That's what he says. Yeah, that doesn't apply at all. That I don't know what sense. the hell that means. Well, it's just like this movie. So, uh, and then the final one is visual effects revealed, which is three very short sequences that show, but they're still good. good, how, you know, briefly, how the CG was done on the key components, which is Langella's face. Weather. And the, the water. water things. And, um, <laughs> it's funny that you just think weather. that's funny. Yeah, I do. It's like, <laughs> I'll always think of Scooby-Doo. Um, Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. And now that's the chasing music. You also get in the Blu-ray an actual DVD copy, a full disc DVD, which is nice. I really like that, and a digital copy for your iPod or laptop. Still nothing mm. but it's always just the and it always says your favorite, your favorite digital player, and then it shows you very specifically a picture of an iPod slash iPhone. Jerks. So, Jerks. Don't even talk about the Zune and Zune's Or awesome. anything else. Like, nothing exists, just the iPhone and the iPod. It's brainwashing. So, um, that's the box. In conclusion, it made me... We didn't th- talk about the cover. Yeah, the cover, I don't like. You know what? Like you know it. what I would have had for the cover? Just the box with the button, with the dome over it, and nothing. Just yeah. that. Because I think that is a striking image. The actual box that they have to press the button on. It's a really interesting look and a design to it. That would have been cool just to have that book. The question is, why does he need more than one? What do you mean? He presents it, da-da-da-da, he takes it back, does it again and again. 
and then there's a table covered with them. Why does it need more than one? I don't know, because he keeps saying he has to take that one yeah. back to reprogram it. So, yeah, why does he need more than one? Well, maybe his, maybe his plan's growing. <laughs> you know? Maybe, he's, maybe he'll yeah. do it three or four at a time. But anyway. And from here, that looks like uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah. And the red stripe. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> you're just um, you're just confused on this whole movie no anyway the box um, and yet you liked it ish I can't say I liked it I can say I didn't want to turn it off um, <laughs> I don't know if that's no, that is like, no. like a scream I'm not, I'm not saying it's not one of those I that I would have walk out on it's it. not a movie I would have walked out on um, I do feel that you're being fished along and then it doesn't really there's not really a payoff to the movie at all. And then when you think about some things, when you say you've, it's like a thinker's movie, but it's not. It's I, I do believe be. that's true. I do believe it's... You could say that about The Matrix also. It's religious symbolism. Oh, yeah, I know someone who thinks The Matrix is completely bullshit. Like, absolutely the most mind-numbing, mass-appeal bullshit and stealing from like all these other it liter- is. literary it's not bullshit but it steals from yeah. it steals from and, and so does this in my opinion I mean I saw some things that you didn't but like you say I'm a cat I was brought up Catholic you wasn't so them kind of things <laughs> just weak in like. yeah um, I mean I've heard of Adam and Eve course, but that didn't yeah. occur and there's, <laughs> and there's real obvious stuff when you're watching it where you there is to me an element of a certain female thing but that could be just because I'm a woman. And yeah. you said, why does the woman do this? And I think, why then in the end is it that? And that's a little bit irritating. But So, um, I, you know, it's not 100% successful for me. I kind of 50-50 it. I like the beginning and the end wasn't so good. Is that fair enough to say? Like, I'd say. And it's not, we're not spoiling anything to say that she presses the button. I think I'd have liked it to have ended on that scene. Which is... Like ten minutes long. <laughs> well, whenever she, yeah, I, I would. Or maybe we see just the next thing that's going to happen. Or, yeah, it, I think you're right. And then it ends and leaves it ambiguous. Like, yeah, there's none. There's none of the uh, chop that part off and then make a movie out of the rest of it. Yeah, because that other movie <laughs> could be something. Could be a new movie, couldn't it? It doesn't really relate to that movie if you think about. It. You could separate that. Interesting. Part. Yeah, so that maybe that's it. It just feels disjointed and too many red herrings for the sake of it. Because over here is a good idea, and over here is a good idea, and right here in the middle is the heart of it's a good idea, but it doesn't go together. Yeah, and like, see, you know, remember when I hated uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening? Yeah. I get vibe of that in some way as well. I, don't, M. Night I, mean, I did not hate it, so... No, you didn't, but I really... Oh, I, it, it's really... It's low on my... Let's, let's go to your scale here. Is that a movie you would have turned off? Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was a... Let's that, see. Let's pick another one. Uh, Inglourious Bastards? Was that a movie well, you would have turned off? No. The movie um, <laughs> The Happening was another movie that was affected by performances for me. Because yeah. I don't like Mark Wahlberg in it. And the other guy. And Mark Wahlberg, I actually like normally. But he pulled me out of the movie all the time like Cameron Diaz did in this. But there again, The Happening... Lots of other things pulled me out of the movie too. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. Oh. Then again, we were camped on the couch, and I think I was sick, and you decided we were going to watch a movie on the couch. If I'm not mistaken, it was bad for me. Um, so that's the. What did you conclusion? I, I'd say it's like a rental for me. It's not yeah. like a. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's like gotta miss it. I think it is because of those things. It's got a good three the question is, would you do this or not? I think that's an interesting thing to explore. The love story is interesting and then it just pushes you to want better sci fi story to come out of it and then it doesn't. But I, I overall and I say rent it or drop it off get it off one of your Online. And if you're a fan of Scooby Doo, there'll be Blockbuster moments. Blockbuster Online or Netflix, it's a good one to go. What am I going to watch today? Oh, I'll check this out. And if you like Scooby Doo, there'll be moments <laughs> where, you know, you feel at home. <laughs> They're not like appearing, you know, from different doorways no, and popping out of file they cabinets. Cut off. <laughs> Any second, I thought, and I, 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 you know, I was expecting the music and I was expecting popping mm-hmm. out a doorway, that exact scene. Where one of them goes through and the other one, like, the wrong doorways. <laughs> they now, go down. See, everyone knows what we're saying. Yeah. As soon as you say Scooby-Doo you Chase, watch- you know, like, one guy's head pops up out of the bottom drawer, and yeah. then it closes, and then the like monster's in the top drawer. <laughs> and it shouldn't have reminded me of that, but it did, and I don't know why. I'm, I'm sure it reminded nobody else of that, but now, if you watch this, <laughs> I think that might come into your mind. Unless you're creeped out by the idea, because I found it a bit creepy, the idea. It just wasn't executed very creepily. He never turned around and said, what are you fuckers following me for? He just kind of accepted, going along accepted it. the yep. fact that this guy's following That's not, I will mention that. In mm-hmm. this movie, because it's set in 76, too, I kind of give him a little bit of leeway. They do just sort of go with the flow. Where if you watch, if you turn that into a modern day story... You mean people would be looking shit up on Google? Yes, you'd have a lot more skepticism, and I think that was good to set it in the seventies because I could excuse it. Nobody had a cell phone. Nobody had a cell phone. Nobody could check on anybody except give some cop a license plate number and then yeah, (laughs) whatever you know. (laughs) So the going along with everything too, it was a little hard to swallow. And the nosebleeds. I don't even know what that was about. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't think that was anything. I don't understand. I don't don't think that was. I don't think it was either. That was in fact, all I it was about was it people who were it. people who were being transferred or whatever was happening. Yeah. Those had nosebleeds. Those people or employees. Let's say employees. When he said I have lots of employees, they all have nosebleeds. That's all it was. Like it was like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the side effects is if you are an employee, you'll get a nosebleed. So that's the box. Um, you know what? It must have been fairly interesting because we spoke for 50 minutes about Very it. nice. Um, some movies we don't get to 50 minutes. I think sometimes when we can't spoil something. So it's not a thinker movie, but it's a talker movie. Yeah. You'll definitely talk about it, and that's a good thing, right? If you come the out. The only thing talk, you might say is, What the hell is that about? What the fuck? <laughs> and then just move on with your day. And there's the rest of the conversation. Would you push the button? Yeah. Would you? No. Okay. End of conversation. <laughs> that was our conversation in the beginning. So um, that's the box. Thanks to Warner Brothers for the movie contest. Can see the site for details. Next week's uh, review will be Boondock Saints Two. All All Saints Day. I'm nervous. I adored the first movie. I I must. I've got to say, I'm. I'm really, really liked it. It was a very different action movie. Um, And this is the sequel, and it's the same cast coming back. So all of them. Apparently so. Okay. Um, I know, Still, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited to see it. So, Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day. Um, movie recommendations for this week. These are my two movie re- recommendations based on the box. The Shining, because... Oh, you don't mean the box. You mean the movie, The Box. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant The Box. I'm like, what are yeah. you talking about? You based your recommendations on the so movie, The So, The Shining, just because there's definitely elements of Stanley Kubrick, if, even if it was just cinematography, 
But if you want a good movie, creepy, go see The Shining. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that there was inspiration here from The Shining. But The Shining's just, you know. Outshines yeah. it. Da-da-dum. And Twin Peaks is my other one, which is not a, um, well, it is a movie. There, There is a Twin Peaks movie, but I say the TV show just because, you know, the internet would say WTF moments, what the fuck. <laughs> because this movie is definitely what the fuck moments. And Twin Peaks is, the whole thing is a what the fuck. Because Twin Peaks, you can watch it 50 times, you have no idea what it's about. <laughs> I love that though. That is actually cool sometimes. But you love that. You didn't I, love that. I actually think David Lynch succeeds in it. Now, everything that David Lynch makes, everything, is non-narrative. But it has um, a certain darkness to it that I think is more compelling. This movie, The Box, doesn't have a darkness to it so much as... No. Like a bigger bureaucracy happening in the universe. Think, and that doesn't seem dark to me. And I don't have sympathy for the human race when it's boiled down in these terms. So I'm not... It's not creepy or dark or anything to me. David Lynch... There's a darkness about human, about something yeah. about it. That and you, I am, you might compelling. not understand his narratives, and he does go off on things, and you yeah. might never. But there's something visually interesting about everything David Lynch's does, and it's if you're wasted enough, it totally makes sense. Well, it's sense. the good kind <laughs> of I don't know what's going on because Twin Peaks, I was drawn along every week, and I had no idea. I just wanted to see more of it, so I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, so your recommendations are? My recommendations are... Excuse me. Are we boring you? No, no, no. I just did that instead of sneezing. Because the sneezing is right at the edge of my nose and I really don't want to because you know what happens. I go crazy with it. A Life Less Ordinary, which because it's got that reality and then that weird sort of supernatural thing going on, it's... Uh, What's his face? Ewan McGregor. Danny Boyle directed. Danny Boyle directed. It's got Holly Hunter in it. Danny Boyle. I mean, um, Ewan McGregor and... Who's the girl? Cameron Diaz. I think so. <laughs> so, there we go. And it's really good. It's it's, it's actually one of Danny Boyle's less known films. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's really you know, good. He's famous for Slumdog Millionaire and Trainspotting. And it also has the choices and consequences and life kind of thing but then you've got angels and Danny Boyle is a director who surprises me with like what he does next because he did train spotting I adore train spotting I always did since the day I saw it he does things like he did Slumdog Millionaire he did Life Less Ordinary you can't get any more different movies he did 28 Days Later yeah you can't get any more you mean the variety Um, what was the other one Millions with the two boys and Beach do you remember Millions yeah Yeah, yeah. you know know what I mean It's, it's you can't even... There's a thread there, though. There is, About but... humans and people and choices and... But they're so different. Yeah. And my other one is Dusk Till Dawn, because it's one thing. And when I watched Dusk Till Dawn the first time, I had no idea what You're was right. in it. I You're didn't fiddling know. it out of a word. It's from Dusk Till Dawn. You... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> from Dusk Till Dawn. I had no clue. My friend and I, we just we'd been working at his store and we took the videotape home. Videotape. Plunked it in. Had no idea. I mean, I had no clue who was in it or anything. We're watching it. Watching it. Holy sh... What? What? It turned into, like, bam. I had no clue. So and that made saying, it awesome. Are you saying from Dust Till Dawn and The Box are similar because they feel like two different movies? They're not together. similar. <laughs> if you want a movie that starts you in one road and then takes you down another in a good way, 
that from Dust Till Dawn. Dust Till Dawn Dust actually starts with you thinking it's a Tarantino movie. It's like it's like a Reservoir Dog. You know, it's an edgy run. criminal thing, and then it's a vampire, which is cool. It's like the best. It starts off good and it goes even better, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, in my opinion, yeah. Whereas the it. box starts off good and goes worse, in my opinion. I think it goes flat. flat. I don't think it goes off bad. Off the boil, let's say. Off the boil. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to use... Is that um, British? I'm saying if we're going to use... Uh, yeah, let the kettle go off the boil. Okay. It's like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's like boiling, it's cool, it's hot. It's cool and it's hot and then it, it's just no... It's just black. <laughs> Like this podcast is I getting... I think that description <laughs> maybe is one of those things. I'm, I was with you there for a minute and then you lost. I'm saying like this podcast is going off the boil. <laughs> the further we go. <laughs> so um, there's the recommendations for this week. Games and A Scully stuff this week. You sound like you're in a rush now. No. Calm down. Calm down. We are kind of in a rush. Um, games and A Scully stuff. I've been playing this. I finished Mass Effect 2 this week. Correct. Did you see the ending? I heard it from the kitchen. Did you? Uh, I heard a lot of this. Shit! Shit! Oh shit! Yeah. Shit! Not from you, from the game. Because what's his fame? Green was in distress of some kind. Tom yeah. Green. No. Seth Green. Seth Green. Yeah, yeah. It, the game was amazing. I've got to say, I played it. I think, I think it was like thirty-eight hours on the clock when I finished. Not one minute of that was boring. Apart maybe scanning the planets. I actually got. Do you have uh, to jump on that bandwagon? Well, it's boring. Everybody says it, though. I actually Lord. passed it off to my nephew at one point. Yeah. Um, which was good, because he liked doing it. Yeah. So I said... he felt like you weren't uh, scanning properly. Because he would see those little blurbs on the little scanner, and you would just skip them. He'd go, there's a there's some over there, and you just keep on... You kept yeah. going for the that's big bit, ones. That's because I want the big stuff. So when he gave it to him, he was going for every single little... So that was fine, because I just left for a few hours and let him scan. <laughs> then when I came back, I had all the resources. That I sounds need. crazy like my mom when I was a kid. Hey, everybody. This I'm going to give you the Windex and the paper towels, and we're going to wash the windows. It'll be yeah. great. You can scan, it's fun. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's scanning and scanning. And then I come back and I go, okay, I'll finish the story. So yeah, I finished uh, Mass Effect 2. I, it's an excellent game. I can't wait for 3 because all the choices that you made and how it ended up carries over into 3. Now, Shepard can die, apparently, in the um, game, which is the main character. But how the hell would that... How, would you get a new character in 3? I'm not sure why you all think that's so mysterious. Of course you would. Or they're going to regenerate oh, her like not... Ripley or some shit. I mean, well, they did that at the beginning. Of, they did they that. Do anything. They did that at the beginning of this one. Well, there you go. Um, but I don't think they would. Do well, that. they remade her once. Why wouldn't they? they did Ripley every freaking time? Hmm. <laughs> so I think it's an amazing. But I like how you all buy into that question. It's an amazing game. Um, be interesting to see how it continues because it's totally because it's a trilogy. It's absolutely Star Wars. Because the way this ends is like The Empire Strikes Back. Exactly. Are you spoiling this for people? Not really, because I'm not saying anything about what happened. I'm yeah. just saying it's like the middle of something. It's not tied up. It's something's about to go down. It's not a happy ending. The third one's going to probably kick ass, like be the best one. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, can we say that about Star Wars? Was the third one the best one? Not for me. The first one is the best one. The fourth one. Matrix, the third one, is not the best one. No. So, um, it's Mass Effect 2. I totally recommend it. And, like, you know, I'm going to be starting another big RPG this week, which would be Final Fantasy 13. So it'll be interesting to see Final Fantasy 13 because that's, like, the cutting edge of what Japan 
can produce in an RPG right now. Whereas Mass Effect 2 was the cutting-edge American RPG, you know, and they're very different as Japanese... It's still different, isn't it? There's a big divide between storytelling. I think so. Japanese... It doesn't... Sometimes it's a bit hokey because you're not... Japanese. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right? Because of the culture. I guess. So, like... I always find in Japanese games... Maybe you're just not deep enough. Well, I always find in Japanese games, voice acting's often a bit stilted. Um, not just the voice acting, the diet, the writing. Whereas the writing in Mass Effect was really good. Like, it, it felt like a movie, you know, all the time. So it'll be interesting to see. Anyway, Final Fantasy Thirteen comes out this Tuesday. I'm going to be playing it. Apparently it's a 70-hour game. I'm going to try and get through it this week, if possible. Awesome. Um, the other game I've been playing this week... I was going to say Battlefield Bad Company 2, but I haven't been playing it because I've been playing other things and not got around to it yet. But the other game I've been playing this week is on the PS3. It's the God of War collection, which I've picked up for like $30, which is God of War 1 and God of War 2. And the demo for God of War 3 all on one disc, which is, is a good bargain for... So I'm like halfway through God of War 1 now. Um, and God of War 3 comes out on the 15th, which I've got on pre-order. So I want to try and finish them both before 3 comes out. But you've already played them. Who? God of War 1. Yeah, I'm playing through it again. Hmm. It's remastered in high definition on the PS3. Which is really cool because they've took the PS2 game and made it 720p. So it's like um, it's not like a PS2 game anymore. I said to you, I can't believe this is it. This was even a PS2 game. It doesn't seem like it. It's smooth. There's loads of detail. The only thing where it kind of falls apart a bit is the cutscenes. Because when they did the cutscenes on the PS2, they're just video. Right, right, So right, they're actually right. low quality compared to the game. So it like drops into this low-res video, and then you're like, wow, that doesn't look as good as the game, which is kind of interesting. Because nowadays, cutscenes in game, sometimes you can't even tell the difference, can you? Like, it just looks so good now. I don't see that many of them, so I'd take your word for it. Well, high-definition graphics and everything, the way it's all gone... How it used to be was, like, they'd do some CG rendered video and then the game would look nothing like the video. Yeah. Remember? And you'd yeah. always go, oh, I wish it looked like the... Now, it, they kind of... It's so close, you can't really tell. So, it really sticks out on the uh, God of War. So, you're, like, you're playing and then it goes to a cutscene and you're like, whoa, it's all pixely. And then it goes back to the game and you're like, oh, it looks good again. So, it kind of ruins it. They should have re... I don't know. if how You, you would have had to re-render it all, I guess, wouldn't you? So, um... That's the God of War collection. $30 for two... Probably the best games on the PlayStation 2. I would say. And God of War 3 looks like something else. I mean... have you, you Did you see the demo for it? A little tiny bit. It's mind-blowing <clears throat> compared. Like when you... You think the graphics on God of War are good. And then you put 3 in. And you're <laughs> like... Holy crap. They really... I've made a difference with it. So... And the other game I've been playing is called Toy Soldiers. Which is an Xbox Live Arcade game. Which is... Pretty awesome. It's a tower defense game, if you've ever played a tower defense game. You know, like Pixel Junk Monsters, mm-hmm. where you you have units. You defend a tower. So well, speak. you have units, and something's going to come into the level, and you've got to try and destroy it before it gets to a place. Now, how Toy Soldiers works is it's 3D. It's like a first-person shooter, almost, but you can also look at it from the top. You've got a toy box... And you've got toy soldiers, different units like cannon, guy, poison gas guy. You know, World War One. it's based on. So you've got all these different units. 
you buy them with the resources you get, the money, and then you something's going to be coming. Like, first, it's like a troop of soldiers, and you've got to stop them from getting to your toy box. So you place down your units, and then you just hope you put the right units down. You can upgrade the units, you can sell the units and put different units in. You can even, in this game, which is really cool, go inside the units and use them. So instead of you just watching it take place, mm. if you decide you want to shoot some of the plastic soldiers, you can be one of the guns and shoot at them. And you get more money that way. So you've got to manage your time and resources and get through the game. And it looks amazing. It If you look outside the box, like um, you're playing in the little theatre of war, if you look around the edges, you can see you're in a kid's bedroom. It's like just the... Just like above the... It's a diorama, if you know what one of those is. Mm-hmm. Basically, that's what that is, what you're in. But you can see blurry just outside, like that you're in a bedroom or a living room or different rooms, and it's just a cool game. And that's part of the Xbox Live Arcade block party, which is going on right now, which is this promotion where there's a different game for four weeks coming out that you can buy on Xbox Live Arcade. If you buy all four you get 400 Microsoft points back. So they're doing like a deal thing. Now, what this involves, and these are like not... These are really good games. It's like this Toy Soldiers. Next week, it's this week, it's Scrap Metal, which is like a... One that's been eagerly awaited. It's like a combat racing game, yeah. And then the third week, it's Perfect Dark, which is the high-definition remake of the original Perfect Dark, which is going to be awesome, and that's 800 points and then the final week, it's this thing called uh, Game Room, which is uh, classic arcade games. So if you buy all four, and the fourth one's actually free anyway, you get 400 points back, plus a month of Xbox Live. So it's like a deal thing. So I'll probably get all four, because they're not expensive. They're like $5 each, you know? I think that's what Toy Soldiers was. So um, that's it, the block party. Uh, Heavy Rain, I want you to play it, but... You've not played it yet? No. Um, you should, totally. It's a, a video game for people who don't really play video games, I think. <laughs> and you should experience it. So, will you? I'll try it. And speak- I'm, not, I'm not really in the mood to commit myself to sit on the couch and do that for many hours. Well, you, don't, do- you can do it like I do in spots. You can do an hour, and you can do an hour another day. Yeah, I'm not that type of person. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's how I actually played Heavy Rain. I played... Two hours one day, two hours another day, two hours another day, and I think it only lasted three days. I think it's literally six hours long. It's not very long. So, uh, yeah, what have you got? Dinner. What's for dinner? Vegetables. <laughs> Roasted some squash. We're going to have some other uh, Morningstar product, probably. Last night we had the chicken, fake chicken thing. It was really, I thought it was really good. We had, like, in a tortilla. And t- I mean, it was not as good as you like the black bean Burger, which it was my least favorite of any of these vegan, are they vegan or vegetarian? Just vegetarian. Morning Star vegetarian products. This was like a chicken, just a chicken piece. Yeah, but But not chicken. chicken. (laughs) It's vegetable protein. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we'll try maybe the black bean. The black bean one's amazing. You'll like it. Or we got some other crumbles or something, and then other vegetables and some coleslaw and some fruit and. that's about it. And we're going to be uh, watching some... Because it's the Oscars tonight. And we're going to be watching it after the Oscars has been on. Because we don't have cable TV anymore. And we're going to watch a stream Is of it. Is that legal? 
No, probably not, but <laughs> this is the way we're going to watch it. We're going to get it later on and watch it. We're going to watch some uh, Oscar movies today. Which ones are we going to watch? Uh, up in the air? Yeah. Precious. Precious. And The Blind Side? Or, I don't know. Or An Education? Two might be enough, but we'll see when we cross that bridge. Yeah. But we, we're going to watch a couple... So we're kind I of... I feel like I get the gist of The Blind Side. You know, a woman takes I don't know anything a, about it. I've not seen a trailer, not seen anything. Um, and tonight, I I am rooting for Quentin Tarantino. I don't, I don't think he's going to get... Um, the Oscar. Yeah. I think he might. I think Christoph. Are you rooting for him or do you think he'll get it? No, I don't think he will. Oh. But I, I'm rooting for him. That's my. I want to win. But I think Precious or Up in the Air will win. Best picture. Based on just what you read, not because you've seen the movies. Just from what I've. Politics. Yeah. Um, but I want Quentin Tarantino to win. I do think Christoph Waltz will win for Best Supporting Actor. I hope if so. If he doesn't, it, I'm not watching it again. He's the most. <laughs> he's the <laughs> most convincing character actor I've yeah. seen I mean that character is that whole fucked up it's crazy Ingl- Inglourious Bastards is an amazing movie <laughs> I mean I think it should be recognised I mean Pulp Fiction was recognised with an Oscar I do think Inglourious Bastards should be recognised I think it's interesting tonight if Avatar doesn't get anything yeah it's a good it's a good variety of movies now that's maybe why they chose ten yeah because when you just slap four big dramas at the top or you know what I mean? It gets a little boring because it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, the big the big hitters can pay loads of money to get nominated or whatever. It makes it a lot harder for people to pick because nice. that's a good thing. Yeah. If you're in Vegas, you can bet on ten different. You know, the odds are all different. And aren't District they? Nine's in there as well, which I don't think it's a, the best movie of the year, but it's, it's an experience. It should be. In, I thought it was pretty good. It should good. be up for something, even so, if it's just the effects or whatever. It should be. It was just getting acknowledged that it was like a different movie experience but I'm rooting for Tarantino I totally want him to win but I don't think he will because of how you can kind of see things going I think Precious will possibly win what else am I going to say I'm not going to say anything because I have a cold and I don't really want to keep talking I really need to blow my nose but I don't want to be rude so it's just, it feels like it's like it's a mudslide, just slowly creeping down my sinuses. I'm sure everybody who has had a cold recently or ever totally identifies. So we'll talk more about the Oscars next week when of we course. know the results. Um, and the movies that we watched. Yeah, which we'll, we'll definitely see up in the air and precious today, I think. Um, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our website, say scully.com, sidtalk.com. You can follow us both on Twitter at twitter.com slash ascully twitter.com slash sidtalk you can catch us on facebook xbox live youtube anywhere what was that new one that I signed up for this week um, tumblr you can catch me on tumblr ascully.tumblr.com that's t-u-m-b-l-i-r right b-l-r yeah t-u-m-b-l-r uh. dot com um, you can catch this podcast on the iTunes music store the Zoom marketplace or the RSS feed, just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast, you can listen to the podcast on the page, or subscribe in any way, shape, or form you like. <laughs> nice. You can email feedback to me at ascully.com, don't email Sid Talk, she's not in there. Because no, I have a cold. Especially when she's got a cold. <laughs> I like that matters. And I want to say, stay classy Cameron Diaz's box. Oh my god, do you have, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> You're such a low common denominator sometimes. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. 
clearly you have not taken that advice. Or someone will that, that was my play idea. it. Uh, yeah. No, you didn't make that shit up, man. Think for yourself or somebody will do it for you and make you look like a fool. Cameron Diaz's box. <laughs>